Luke chapter 11, if you'll go there with us, it's Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray. And they asked him how to pray, and tonight we're going to learn how to pray. And one of the things that the Lord put on my heart in preparation uh, for this message were, was to address some of us that have been hostage uh, to the root of bitterness. And, and you're not going to have an effective year. You're not going to have a classy year. You're not going to have a victorious year if bitterness continues to ride shotgun in our car. So we're going to deal with that tonight. And the way that we're going to deal with it is through following the Lord's prayer. Bitterness gives emotional consequences. It takes emotional energy to maintain a grudge. When your emotional energy is exhausted, you become depressed. Not only does bitterness cause depression, but bitterness causes stress. It causes us to hate someone, producing stress hormones in your body. You become worn out and unable to cope with daily challenges because bitterness has you stressed out. See, it also takes an emotional focus to be a bitter individual. Bitterness and resentment create emotional focus toward a person who has offended you. These are the emotional consequences, but bitterness also has spiritual consequences. Bitterness will cause you to have an inability to love God. You won't be able to love God the way that God intended you to because bitterness has gotten hold of your life. God wants you and I to be free tonight. He wants us to be free from every battle, every emotional pressure that you went through in 2015. We here in the heart of the bay want to make sure that you're not captive by bitterness, but that you're victorious tonight in the name of Jesus. We want you to love God with all your heart with all your mind and with all your soul, just as the Bible intends for us. The, also, another spiritual consequence is that it causes us to doubt our relationship with God. Bitterness will cause you to be in question of where you are with God. Not only will it cause you to be in question of where you are with God, but it'll cause you to even wonder if God is with you. If you're walking around today and you've been going throughout 2015 and we're in a new year and you're wondering, man, I don't even feel like God is with me. I'm trying to get with the church flow. I'm trying to do some fasting, but I don't feel like God is with me. Then maybe there's a possibility that you're dealing with the root of bitterness. See, it causes major hindrances in us being able to develop other people spiritually. In other words, there's not a spirit of God that's able to move through us when we're discipling. 
It's like we're beating the air. It's like we're not producing anything because bitterness is causing an effect on how we produce. See, we want to produce healthy Christians, healthy disciples, healthy men and women of God. Somebody say amen. And I believe one of the ways that we're going to deal with bitterness is we have to learn how to pray right. We have to learn how to pray the way that Jesus taught his disciples. Luke chapter 11, starting in verse number one, says, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he had finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as Pastor Stevan taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. See, Jesus is teaching the Lord's prayer in response to the disciples' request. See, it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he seized that one of the disciples said to him, teach us how to pray. And Jesus began to do just that. Somebody say amen. We don't know how long the disciples were with Jesus before they asked him to teach him to pray. We do know that they watched him pray in every circumstance in life. They had seen him taking time to be alone with the Father and pray. They understood that Jesus' life was guided and empowered by prayer. See, you and I have to understand that God wants to lead us and guide us. He wants to work in our lives. He wants us to move in power. He wants things that are impossible to become possible. But the way that that happens is when we pray right and that God is able to lead us and guide us with an empowered life that we're filled with the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen. See, God wants the church to have power. That means that he wants you to have power. He wants your neighbor to have power. He doesn't want us to be walking around feeble and weak and barely hanging on. This is a month where we're seeking the face of God and we're saying, God, I can't make it on my own. I'm here to depend on you because I feel weak, but I know that you can make what's impossible possible. Fill me with the power and the anointing of your Holy Spirit. I need power in my life. Somebody say amen. I'm thankful for this fast because I'm here to tell you, man, I got freaked out today. I was in my house, and I was praying, and I was preparing for the message. My wife called me. I said, man, babe, God is walking all up in my house right now. Somebody say amen. 
I felt the presence of God. I couldn't iron my clothes. I couldn't get ready for work. I couldn't do anything because God's power was inside of my house. And I knew that it was a result of fasting and praying that's taking place here in the heart. Somebody say amen. I felt him walking in my house. I had to check my medication, make sure I wasn't taking something I wasn't supposed to. Somebody said, hey, man. Started tripping out a little bit. The power of God was in my house. See, the power of God wants to come to your house. See, the Lord's prayer was not given to be just recited as a ritual. It's actually given to us as the Lord's blueprint for prayer, not just any prayer, but a prayer that's acceptable to God. See, many times we come to God and we pray prayers, but they're not acceptable. God doesn't accept our prayers. That's why sometimes we get tired. So I've been praying about this for a while, but maybe the condition of our heart hasn't been right. Maybe we've been captive by bitterness. Sometimes we think bitterness, it's, it's, we react toward people out of bitterness, and we think it's our character, but it's, it's not our character. There's a bitterness there. Somebody hurts you. Somebody disappointed you. Somebody lets you down. And so there you are acting out. You, people think you're a rough person, but it's, it's not that you're rough. It's not that it's your character. It's that bitterness is working within your life. Bitterness has you in despair. Bitterness has you with that fake smile that you've been pretending that you're okay, pretending that your walk with the Lord is okay because you've been captive by bitterness. I'm here to let you know today, if you're ready, God is going to set you free. Each and every one of us deal with attributes of bitterness. Each and every one of us on a daily basis, we deal with hurt and pain. And I'm here to let you know that today, if you're expecting and if you're wanting, God is going to be able to set you free according to your faith here tonight. That you say enough is enough. I'm ready to be set free. I knew something was wrong. I knew something was wrong. I knew something was taking the pep out of my step, but I didn't know it was something that happened to me in my past. I didn't know that the enemy was using these things to stop me from loving my brothers, to stop me from loving my kids, to stop me from loving my wife, to stop me from loving my church. I've been coming to church, and I've been looking at people the wrong way. Come on, somebody. The enemy will do that to you. You're walking around bitter and hurt, and you think it's a spiritual gift that I'm, I'm here coming against people. I'm here seeing wrong in people. No, it's hurting your life. It's the enemy trying to stop you from get, get in the way of the, your ability to love God with all your heart, with all your mind. So here you're coming into the house of God, and you're critical, and you come in critical all the time. And you function in that role. You function with that pain. You don't want to trust nobody. You don't want to trust the church. I keep my, I say I keep my friends close, but I keep my enemies closer. And you try to be a church member. You try to be a Christian, and you, but yet you stay distant. You stay at a place of isolation. I'm here to let you know that walls, they don't just keep people from coming in. They keep you from being able to be set free. 
We build up walls for security. We build up walls because nobody's going to hurt me no more. But you don't recognize that those walls are stopping people from being able to come in and love you as Christ loved his church. God wants to raise up a powerful church here in the Bay. Lord, teach us to pray. Our Father in heaven. See, Jesus is stating the importance of starting our prayers, watch this, with an awareness that God is our Father. Our Father who is in heaven. An awareness that he's our Father. The word that Jesus used for father was not a formal word. It was the common Aramaic word with which a child would address his father. The word Abba. Of course, everyone used the word, but no one un under any circumstances used it in connection with God. See, Abba meant something like daddy, but with a more reverent touch than we use it today. It meant something like dearest father. More than 60 times it's used in the New Testament in reference to God. Yet in all of the Old Testament, God is referred to as father only 14 times. And then and only in relation to the nation of Israel, never as an individual personal father. See, God wants to be personal to you. He wants you to know. He wants me to know. He, he knows right where we are. He knows what we need. And we need some liberty tonight. And I know that, you know what? And I realize you, you and I, we can't do this walk unless we're empowered by God. He says, hallowed be your name. See, when you pray, hallowed be your name, you climb to a new level of respect for God. How many want to go to a new level of respect for God? Pastor Stevon mentioned something the other day, but it, it triggered what inside of me that where you could be here going after God, but really not loving God because something's in there that's not pleasing. So we could be trying to love the Lord, but that reverent respect is not there. See, you're not going to ascend to the heart of God if you don't recognize what he's done for you. God set us free. God raised up a ministry for me and you where we could come in and, and, and get our dignity back. God raised up a church that would have the power to be able to work with us through our circumstances and our situations, that they would be patient with us. Don't let the enemy tell you you're not loved. You are loved here at the heart of the bay. People love you at the heart of the bay. We might not understand you all the time. That's why we need God, because sometimes people act funny. Could you say amen? I act funny. We all get discombobulated because of things that we've been through. But I'm here to let you know that you are loved not only by God, but you are loved here by the team that is here at the heart of the bay. Trying to stay in the presence of God. Trying to stay with the ability to keep loving on the people of God so they can get set free. Somebody say amen. He said your kingdom come. See when we pray your kingdom come this prayer recognizes that God's kingdom is not presently ruling the earth. It's not presently ruling the earth. We are asking the Lord to work 
his will out in our lives now. When we say your kingdom come, we're saying, Lord, begin to work in us. See, his kingdom can't come unless we allow him to work in us. His kingdom is not here yet. See, we, we need him to work in us. We are the kingdom of God, but it's not established the way he wants it established. He wants to work through vessels that are broken, vessels that are dependent upon him. That God, through prayer and fasting, this is my wife's revelation, I'm going to throw it out. She said, it's not that we pray and fast to make God more powerful. We don't pray and fast. He's already powerful. He's already almighty. When we pray and fast, what we're doing is we're saying, man, I can't do this on my own, God. It's not going to happen unless you intervene. It's not going to happen unless you take control. I don't know how my son's going to get touched. I don't know how my daughter's going to get touched. I don't know how my marriage is going to get right. I don't know how my finances are going to get right. But when I fast and pray, I'm saying, God, I can't do it on my own. But I'm giving you all permission to intervene because I want to walk in the victory that I know that you're able to provide. He's already all-powerful. My wife asked me, were you nervous to preach? And I really wasn't this time. I usually am, but I knew that the result of God would happen because of your guys fasting and praying. So I just said, I'll just go, and then God has to finish. See, the Lord will work his will out in our lives when we pray, your kingdom come. We are acknowledging God's right to rule all people including us when we say your kingdom come we are acknowledging this God's right to rule all people including us Lord let your kingdom come fourthly your will be done on earth as it is in heaven Notice you are not asking God to change his will or bless your will. You are asking him to help you find and do his will for your life. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Sometimes you see yourself, I don't know about you, but we see ourselves not doing good. But God doesn't see us not doing good. God sees you doing good. God sees you prospering. God sees you moving in faith. God sees you doing great things for his honor and glory. God sees you not insecure. God sees you strong in the power of his might. God sees you doing great things for his honor and glory because he doesn't look at you and I the way we look at ourselves. Your will be done, listen, on earth as it is in heaven. Manifest the way you see me in heaven onto the earth. Manifest me doing good. Manifest me being a leader. Manifest me being victorious. Manifest me doing great things. Manifest me being committed. Manifest me being sold out. Manifest me looking at people the right way. Somebody say amen. Manifest me loving on people. Manifest me being a testimony to my family that I'm not going to be that one that, man, he ain't going to make it in God. She ain't going to make it in God. No, I'm going to make it in God because God is manifesting, because God is moving. God is empowering me. I'm tired of struggling. I want God to give me the victory. Somebody say amen. 
Manifest your power, God. Manifest it in me. Let me not bring shame to your name, but let your name be glorified. The only reason we're anointed is because God wants the glory. The only reason that God sees us through and gives us breakthroughs because God wants the glory. We can't do it on our own. You can't make it on your own. You can't get through fasting and praying on your own. You got to say, God, manifest your power. Give me victory. Give me strength to get through this fast. I want to be a part of the celebration. I want to do my part. Rather, it's a meal. Rather, it's two meals. Rather, it's absolute. Whatever it is, I'm fasting and praying because I want you to manifest what's in heaven onto the earth for my life, for my family's life. My life, my family's life has been plagued by drug addiction, but I want you to use my life to break that curse and begin to see my family set free by the power of God. What's impossible with man is possible with God. Somebody say amen. See, the first four petitions in prayers have to do with God. God having his way. See, after that, it changes. The fifth one is pray. We're praying on the de- to depend on God. He says, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. We're not talking about nations. Somebody say amen. Give us this day our daily bread. We're not talking about the taco shop. Someone say amen. This request means that God is not only able to meet our spiritual, our physical needs, but he's able to meet our spiritual needs on a daily basis. In other words, yesterday's strength, it's absolutely useless to fight today's battles. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. Yesterday's strength is absolutely useless to fight today's battles. We need a fresh touch of God in our lives Every day, every day we need a fresh touch. We're starting out the year with fasting and praying, but we want you to keep doing it. We want you to get hooked on Jesus. We want you to get to a place where, guess what? God was walking in my house too. God was in my house. I couldn't get dressed. I couldn't do nothing because I felt the power of God in my house. I had been asking God to move. I had been asking God to to get me sensitive to his spirit. And God is beginning to manifest his power into my house. That's what we're modeling to you. With all this prayer, house to house, by vehicle, is that God wants to be manifested Everywhere, Somebody say amen. We need a fresh touch every day. Uh, every day of our lives, a fresh touch. I'll give a little bit of testimony. Small one. But I, I was like, I guess I forgave a lot of people throughout 2015 in my mind. And, and I didn't know, but it was something wasn't right and it wasn't until I think yesterday through fasting and prayer I didn't do anything I didn't ask God to do anything but I felt God break some chains of bitterness from my life that a lot of people come on somebody let me get real y'all ready 
All right. A lot of people offended me in 2015. A, a lot of people got under my skin. A lot of people that I thought would, would look out for me didn't look out for me. A lot of people that I thought would be there for me weren't there for me. And, and I, I, I didn't realize it, but I was hanging on to that. I mean, I knew who offended me. I didn't, you know, I know, I know, what, I know what time it is. Come on, somebody. I knew who was doing me wrong, and I knew who I, you know, thought could and should have been there that wasn't there. But even though they weren't there, I said, well, you know, let me let them go. You know, let them off the hook. I don't want to catch them in, in the dark nowhere. Someone say amen. But, but people had gotten to me. That's why I tell you as a church member, sometimes people can get to you. Huh? They can work against you, and they're not intending to do it. But it could begin to build stuff inside of you that doesn't need to be there. And through this fasting and prayer, corporate fasting and prayer, I didn't ask God to take none of that because I wasn't thinking about none of that. Say amen. I took it away. Free, liberated. Might even dance up here. Come on, somebody. Because, you know, Pastor Stevon's a dancer in the family. Someone say amen. I might, you know. Just came out of the 80s. Someone say amen. I got liberated. God set me free from some stuff. And we just started. He's going to do more. Say amen. And if, if you didn't get yours yet, I'm sharing it with you because I got mine. I wasn't even asking for it. How much more of you're asking for it, God going to give it to you. How much more of you want the breakthrough, God's going to give it to you. How much more if you want a real smile on your face, God's going to give it to you. How much more if you want to walk in power, God's going to give it to you. Let me close this thing up. He says, forgive us our sins. Lord have mercy. Forgive us our sins. But not only forgive us our sins. Here we go. For we also forgive everyone who what? Sins against us. Wow. This prayer is not only a prayer for forgiveness, but also for a forgiving spirit. A forgiving spirit. Being able to forgive everybody. I mean, this stuff builds up. Habit, a boss. It don't got to be a churchman, but it, it starts somewhere. The enemy, you know, got schemes and tricks. He knows how to mess with your mind. Somebody say amen. Oh, we was in the world. You wouldn't have did me like that. Oh, here's another one. Not even the world treated me like that. Where you at, church? Huh? Not even the world did me like that. That's how I felt. I said, dang, man, my brothers are doing me wrong right now. Someone say amen. About to jack someone up. Someone say amen. Huh? Bitterness started building up. In my mind, I thought I was good, but it was building up. How about seven, closing? God's protection. And do not lead us into temptation. Do not lead us into temptation. As we forgive, are forgiven our sins, and then we forgive those who sin against us, do not lead us into temptation. See, after we pray to forgive 
to get forgiven of our sins, we also need to acknowledge, listen, acknowledge our inability to handle temptation on our own. We can't handle it. All of us can't handle temptation on our own. We need to remember that everyone, someone say everyone. Oh, y'all didn't say it. Everyone is vulnerable to temptation. No one is above falling. Nobody is above falling. We're trying to set the pace so that none of you have to fall. We're trying to model to you the importance of fasting and praying, the importance of staying close to God, the importance of not allowing bitterness to grow, the importance of not letting anything mess your walk up with God. Nobody can mess your walk up with God. Temptation will come, but God will always make a way of escape. See, in John 17, 15, it said, My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. See, you're going to go through things. I'm going to go through things. Pain is part of the process to our purpose. That's why we need to pray. I said pain is part of the process to our purpose. Do you know that God uses pain to build you? God uses pain to build us up so that we're equipped, so that we know that no matter what comes our way, that he's able to see us through. He's able to make a way. He's able to put us on track. We're able to fulfill our purpose as we pray and seek his face. I know you feel like you can't make it sometimes. We know that you feel like throwing in a towel sometimes. We know that you want to give up. You might have felt that way tonight, but I'm here to let you know that it's just a temptation. God always makes a way of escape for those who love him. Somebody say amen. Protect them from the evil one. Jesus will allow you and I to be in tribulation. He'll allow us to go through trouble. He'll allow us to go through hardship. But as we go through hardship, Lord, we just ask that you not only protect us from the evil one, but deliver us from the evil one. Someone say amen. You only have one enemy. You know that? You only have one enemy. One. One enemy. We only have one enemy. And they're not, quote, unquote, our haters. You know what? Some people, I'm going to say this for free. I'll give out free stuff every now and then. Some people use the word haters. And I just got like a little revelation. The only reason we say that is out of our own insecurity. We're insecure. I mean, come on. You're walking around, really? Someone's hating on you? You guys can come, musicians, come. Someone's hating on you. Ain't no one hating on you. Huh? The only one we got to worry about is the evil one. We spend too much time worrying about people. We let people hinder our progress. We have one enemy. His name is Satan. Satan is your enemy. Satan hates your soul. Satan doesn't want you to make it. Satan does not want you to pray. Satan does not want you to forgive. Satan does not want you to have victory. Satan does not want you to 
deal with bitterness. Satan does not want you to put the blame where the blame needs to go. The blame needs to go to Satan. Satan is the one who hates you. Satan is the one that wants to destroy you. Satan is the one that is your hater. He is the one that is hating on you because you took his place. He's no longer going to heaven, but you and I are going to heaven because of what Jesus did on the cross. Somebody give the Lord a big hand today. Deliver us from the evil one. John 19, 26 says, or Matthew 19, 26 says, Jesus looked at them, and he said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, it is possible. Listen to me. In the Message Bible, watch this same scripture. Jesus, I like this. Jesus looked hard at them and said, no chance at all if you think you can pull it off yourself. No chance at all if you think you can pull it off yourself. Every chance in the world if you trust that God can do it. See, God can do it. God is going to help you with bitterness tonight. Do not toast is the word impossible. To be impossible means to be unable. How many have ever felt unable? It means to be powerless when it's impossible. It means to have no strength. It means that things are impossible, that you cannot do it. See, when things are impossible, it's because your faith is not firm. But our faith is weak. That's when we look at things and say, man, I don't know. I just don't know if it's going to work out. I don't know if God's going to come through. No, God wants to come through. It's just that your faith might be weak at the present time. That's why you stay connected. That's why you don't let the enemy isolate you. Because then you say, I feel so alone. Well, it's because you are alone. As far as man's touch. God is always there. We got to keep an eye out for bitterness. Don't let bitterness roll with you. Don't let offense roll with you. Don't let those things, because eventually they'll cause you to isolate. They'll cause you to feel like, man, no one understands me. The church don't understand me. I think I'm going to go back to the hood. I think I'm going to go back to partying. I think I'm going to go back to the, the way things, because I'm not really feeling this. No, 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 it's just because bitterness is messing up your perspective. So bitterness got you thinking that it ain't going to work out. Bitterness has you thinking that God's not going to make a way. No, God's going to make a way because bitterness just has you in a place where your faith is weak. You're not standing in firm faith, so it makes things seem like it's impossible. It makes things seem like, man, it's too much work. It's too hard to be young and serve the Lord. No, there's a spirit that always works against us, and one of them is that spirit of offense, that bitterness. Let's look at possible, and we're done. Possible comes from the word may. The definition is strong. How many want to be strong? It's, it's to be mighty. It's to be powerful. It's to be influential. It's that things are possible. It's to be powerful. It's to be strong. It's to be strong enough. See, God wants things for you to see it as it's possible. Because God did it for others. He could do it for me. God's done it for our leadership. He could do it for me. Every, everybody started where I'm at. 
Everybody started, you know, fragile. Everybody started out not knowing how to be Christian. A lot of people come in the doors and was pretending. Come on, somebody. Pretending like we had this down. A lot of people came to church and still come to church, and they got secrets. Secrets. But I'm here to let you know the secrets of 2015. You don't got to tell us about it. You just got to go to God in boldness and say, God, all these secrets, man, all this stuff, man, I put my best clothes on. I put my best hairdo on. I put on the best cologne. I, I make an outward appearance, man, but you know what? I'm, I'm a little bit messed up right now. I'm a little bit doubting right now. I'm a little bit unsure right now, but, man, I'm trying to fast and pray, but, man, I, it, it, I am not really feeling it. Come on, somebody. We're going to pray for you tonight. We at the heart want to believe God for you. We're not here to put a show. We, we, we care for you. We, we want to see you set free. We, we want to let you know we, we've been there. We, we're there with you sometimes. Pastor Stephon's been saying a lot lately. I'm there with you, man. My marriage, man. My family. Uh, my things that I'm dealing with. I'm, I'm there with you. Somebody say amen. And don't think that we think we're above. We're there with you. We hurt with you. Uh, we hurt with you because we know that the struggle's real. But we know there's power available. We know that the God we serve, the way he's been able to set us free and touch us. I was reached by Pastor Stevan's dad. I was on PCP. I was in gangs. I was in drugs. I was all messed up. But he came to me on the streets of Oakland on 35th Avenue in East 14th. And he told me about the power of God. That was 30 years ago. I'm still walking in the power of God because somebody came and recognized my pain. I lied to him. I told him I was in church. I told him I was already being disciple. Come on, somebody. I was thugged out. I was burnt out. I was messed up. I probably was stuttering as a result of the PCP. I probably couldn't even hold my sentences together, but he pulled up his sleeve. He showed me his tracks. He began to show me I was a drug addict, man, but Jesus changed my life. He knew my struggle. He knew what I was going through, and God used him to bring me hope. Say amen. He used him to bring me hope. 30 years ago. I'm broken today because he used him to bring me hope. I wasn't supposed to be here. Stand with me tonight. I wasn't supposed to be here. It talked about hallowed be thy name. If you bow your head with me tonight and you could find some kind of way to to picture Jesus going through everything he went through, suffering on that cross, because one day you would be hearing this gospel. One day you would hear this message. I've been so burdened with the prisoner, so burdened with the gang. God is doing something in this fast. So burdened with helping to reach those that were there where I was once. And we have a burden for you tonight. We have a burden for you. And our burden is that you no longer be a prisoner. Our burden is that some way, somehow, 
we could be instrumental in seeing you set free and walk in true joy and liberty. Is there a willingness in you tonight? Are you willing to let Jesus come into your heart and set you free from your pain, from your misery? I'm going to say something tonight, and I think I say it on behalf of everybody. The one thing I love about our church, and I pray we never lose it, is that you never have to pretend with us. You never have to pretend with us. We've been there. We, we know what it is to be where you are. But we're still going forward. Because what's impossible with man is possible with God. We are unable to do it on our own. Jesus looked hard on them and said, no chance at all if you think you can pull it together yourself. But every chance in the world if you trust God to do it. Father, we thank you. We thank you right now because it's about to get real in this place. People are going to come, Lord, and we're believing that you set them free. We're believing that you not disappoint. We're believing that their every expectation will be met, oh, God. Father, we know tonight that it's not us. We know that it's all you, God. And, Lord, I pray that as we separated and we're fasting and praying, I pray that all those great things that, that everybody's been praying about and everybody's been wanting and liberty they've been needing, that, God, you'd bring it tonight, that you bring them to another level, bring them to another place in you. Let that person that's been feeling like giving up, let them not give up, God. Meet their need. Make a way, God. Make a way, God. As the worship team begins to sing, we want to open this altar for you to come. So here I am to From all over this place. Here I am to it's all about you tonight. Here